Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation is proud to present Philanthropy and Friends, the podcast that explores the positive impact of philanthropy and nonprofits in our communities. With your host, Jane Powell. Hi, my name is Jane Powell. Welcome to Community Connections brought to you by the Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation. This is a show showcasing community involvement. Today we're going to learn about uh, RCCR, Religious Coalition for Community Renewal. My guest is Kevin Jones, Executive Director. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm just going to jump in. Tell me about RCCR. Okay. So RCCR is a membership organization of over 30 interfaith congregations, and we were founded to address homelessness. So our mission is to really identify, address, and overcome barriers that keep people from safe, decent, and affordable housing. So 30 congregations, so Correct. this is quite a collaboration. It is, yes, yes. And we actually use our congregations to kind of help us further our mission. So whether, you know, volunteer hours, um, in-kind donations, it really helps further our work. Tell me about some of the work that you do. What are your programs? Okay, so our first program was established in 1989, um, and that's a Samaritan Inn. So typically most people know RCCR because of Samaritan Inn. And it's a men's residential recovery program for up to nine men at a time. So with that program, we serve around 30 uh, men per year. And that's here um, in Charleston, is that it right? Is. It's located in downtown Charleston. Okay. Um, and then we also operate uh, Smith Street Station, which is a low-income apartment complex over near the Capitol Market. Mm -hmm. And it's low-barrier housing. Uh, we also have a home ownership and housing counseling program as well. So under our home ownership program, we actually build single-family homes, being a community housing development organization. And we've built over 37 single-family homes. Wow. Um, and then also under housing counseling, we do pre-purchase, we do budgeting, uh, financial, literacy, financial literacy services. So on average, we serve about 250 clients per year, and we have one housing counselor. And we have about 34 first-time home buyers on average and we generate about $2 million in first-time mortgages annually. So really, all stages of living um, from someone who is, I guess, without a home all the way to putting them in their first home. Right. I mean, what I love about RCCR is that you can go from, like, homelessness to home ownership through any one of our programs. It's all around safe, decent, affordable housing. And then you're teaching them through the financial literacy and all the other classes, how to maintain that new lifestyle. Correct, yes. So when the housing market unfortunately crashed several years ago, um, we never had anyone default on their mortgage because going through our program, we were able to teach someone how to maintain you know, their home and you know, pay their mortgage and you know, have emergency savings, budgets. Mm -hmm. you know, all those things are really important components for home ownership. Wow, that's really smart. Yeah. Takes them, sets them up to succeed, doesn't it? It, it does, it does. I love that. Thanks. But you have a new program that I'm kind of interested in talking about today, and that's the Transitional Storage Center. Yes, so our Transitional Storage Center is located in St. Mark's United Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. um, it is a safe place for individuals experiencing homelessness to store their belongings. Um, we've been working on this uh, since about 2020, the beginning of 2020, but COVID slowed us down a little bit. Um, but luckily, we were able to open it and start serving individuals here in the Charleston area. So we can see on screen that there are several different ways that people can store belongings. Why don't you kind of take me through some of those? Sure. So we have three different combinations. So we have lockers, which are really oversized school lockers. Mm -hmm. uh, they also have storage hooks in, in them as well. 
We also have large 96-gallon uh, trash bins, and then we also have storage totes. And when we were designing the program, we really wanted to create as many options as possible because it's not a one-size-fits-all. And you know, some individuals experiencing homelessness have a lot more belongings than others. So we really wanted to be able to address the needs of the people that we serve. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said they were oversized lockers. I, I'm having flashbacks to high school and <laughs> trying to like put everything in the tiny little locker. So I like that they're big enough to accommodate um, someone's life. They are, and they do lock. So um, the bins have zip ties on them to keep them secure. Uh, the lockers are a combination that the individual actually has access to. So they're the ones, you know, opening their own locker. Mm -hmm. And then also the totes have zip ties as well. And uh, it is kind of a throwback to high school because when we were putting them in, we all had difficulty as staff trying to open a locker because right. that's a skill that you do lose over time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, does it cost money? It's a free service. And so the only thing that I guess you could say would cost would be the fact that the individual does need to check in twice a month. Mm -hmm. And this is more or less because the Transitional Storage Center is focused on the goal of facilitating housing. So we really want the individual to be working on moving into housing because, you know, anyone experiencing hom homelessness does not want to be homeless. You know, they want to have a home. And so with this kind of center, it really eliminates that barrier of having to tote your personal belongings everywhere, like especially personal documents. You're mm -hmm. able to store them in your locker and then take that burden off of you so you can pursue, you know, maybe medical appointments, meeting with social service providers, job hunting, and also, you know, trying to find an apartment. So they can actually work with, you know, our case managers and or another agency on the goal of moving into housing. Right. So you said they check in twice a month, and which sounds quite reasonable. You kind of make it fun for them, don't you? We do. And inviting. Um, <laughs> it is. It's, it's very unique in that, you know, the lockers are blue, uh, the totes are yellow, uh, we play music. It's a very inviting atmosphere. And we want to be as vibrant as possible because, you know, we want the individual to actually come to our center, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to make it as welcoming as possible. And then, of course, we have very friendly staff and volunteers that welcome them as well because we will um, also address any type of needs that they need um, as far as coming off the street, like if they need toiletries or they need some clothing, we're able to provide that at the time when they're also checking in with us twice a month. So is those are things that make your program very different. Yes, um, that as well as, you know, the core focus on housing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's really the overall goal for us is that we can hopefully move someone to housing. And so, you know, in our first 30 days of being open, we were actually able to facilitate a connection to housing. Mm -hmm. So, and with that, I mean, the gentleman was so appreciative because, you know, you really need those personal documents with you, you know, able to move in. So like a driver's license, a birth certificate, a social security card. And by able keeping it at our location, it really took that burden off of him. That's great. Now, I know that you said you're a 30-member uh, congregation group, but you also partner with some other agencies, is that right? We do. So we, um, we're lucky enough to have the Canal Valley Collective right next door to us at our Transitional Storage Center. So individuals, when they first come into KBC, they undergo an assessment. And during that time, their case managers will identify whether they need a locker, mm -hmm. or they need clothing, or other type of outreach supplies, and then they can then move over to us. We also have opened up our lockers to other organizations in the community to where they can designate X amount of lockers within our program for their clients. So that way they know when they're out there, maybe you're providing street outreach, that if they see someone who really needs a place to store their belongings, that they have a designated location already and they can partner with us on that. Right. And it keeps them safe. It does. And dry and just 
accessible. It, it does, and, and that's the most important thing that we really wanted to provide with this program is that, you know, it really was a, addressing an issue that we have here in the Charleston area. And, you know, it's a first for our state. So for us, I think the real challenge has been education. Uh, we're having to educate, you know, the client that's using the service as well as other social service providers on how this can really work in our community and how it can kind of close the gap. Because I'm guessing they're a little timid about that in the beginning. They are. <laughs> it's It's mm -hmm. been uh, a little bit of a slower process to get folks on board, but quickly it's spread through word of mouth. And, you know, once they found their belongings can be safe, then it's really helped um, kind of the whole process for us because, you know, we're open Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And we do have individuals waiting right outside the door to get in at 8.30 to you get into do. their belongings. Wow. We do. Uh, we have folks that ch come in every single day. Um, usually they'll get clothes if they're working, kind of change their clothing in the morning, head out, and then come back the next day. Okay, that's nice. I like that they're comfortable enough to come every day. That they are, and I think a lot of that lends the fact that we have very friendly staff, you know, mm -hmm. is treating people with respect. Um, and the whole point is that we're there to help them. Right, so I know that you do have a staff, and you mentioned volunteers. Um, if I wanted to volunteer or help the organization, I I'm sure you would accept donations, yeah. um, always, but tell me ways that I might be able to volunteer. So a couple different ways. So um, you can volunteer to actually cook with our Samaritan Inn. So um, each week uh, we have a weekly round table in the house. An individual can actually cook a meal and we do like just a family style gathering. Oh, so you could sponsor um, dinner one night. You can, yes. Okay. Um, that's every Tuesday. Um, and then also with the transitional storage, um, you can also volunteer to help check folks into their lockers, kind of just gauge them kind of what needs um, might come up during the day for them. Um, you can also sort clothing. Um, you can also prepare meals and we can distribute those to individuals on the street. So just a variety of ways. Wow, all easy ways to help. All easy ways. You just can reach out if you have your own idea, then you know we can talk about that as well. Right. Um, I guess, I mean, I had, man, there's so many things going through my mind. <laughs> Tell me about some of the other things that you're doing. I love the, I love the lockers and I love the, the meals, that's wonderful. But housing is really a large component of what you're doing. It is, it is. Um, so we also and we touched on it, I know, <laughs> but just tell me a little bit more about it. Okay. Um, so with our community housing development, you know, we build the single family homes. Um, individuals come in for pre-purchase counseling and they're able to move into a home and we build those homes within the Charleston area. Wow. So we actually have some projects um, right now in the Dunbar area with four homes. We have them in North Charleston for development and one also in Eastview Heights that we're working on developing. Um, and then when they're able to move into these homes, you know, from there, they're, they just really kind of help us overall with, you know, kind of connecting folks to housing, and right. it, it just works for us. I love that. And then I know another project that you're working on um, within your transitional unit is creating a boutique. Is that a future plan? Yes. So we are creating a, basically a clothing closet we're calling a boutique, and, uh, you know, individuals coming in when they see the KVC, uh, first team to get assessed, they can move over to the clothing boutique and they can get X amount of items that they might need. Mm -hmm. And so we take donations from our congregational partners during different times throughout the year. So this way we can have, you know, seasonal items that are a bit more appropriate. Right. So that they would have something to wear to a job interview or to meet account, anything, really anything they need. Absolutely, anything that they need. And then we're also working on a street outreach team as well. 
And so these folks will actually go out there and meet folks where they're at on the street mm -hmm. and provide those basic necessities to them. So whether again, they, you know, it's toiletries, whether it's food, clothing, or just connecting them with another social service provider. But the overall goal there is to facilitate a connection to housing. I, I just love it. Um, as we're wrapping up, what, what else do I need to know about RCCR? Well, I think that we're such a unique organization. You know, the fact that we can go and take someone from homelessness to home ownership through any one of our programs. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, you know, we really want to be as innovative as possible to really address the gaps and issues that we have in our community and how we can overall and solve the issue of homelessness. Um, but I think for us, it's going to take a collaborative effort. So yeah. we really want to help, you know, as many folks as we can through just the collaborative nature of our wow. work. So if people want to learn a little more about it, um, they can visit your website, yes. and that's rccr.org. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you would talk to them if they call the office, <laughs> and that's 304-346-6398. That's correct. Um, if they had any questions or wanted to volunteer some time or maybe knew someone that could use their services. Is that right? That's correct. They can do that. Yeah. Happy to talk to them. I, I really think um, the transitional storage is, is something that will change people. It will just give them that next step into a new world. Th that's our hope, you know, and uh, we look at it as just a way that we're, you know, closing a gap in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Yeah, this is wonderful. Um, Kevin, we've learned a lot about RCCR and the community and the good work that you're doing, so I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been Community Connections, brought to you by the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. We'll see you next time. For more info on the Greater Canal Valley Foundation, visit us online at tgkvf.org.